From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. going to bring in one of my favorite people on the planet, John Carney, Breitbart News Editor, Economics and Finance, and co-author of the Daily Breitbart Business Digest. Uh, you know, John, just as an aside, between the stuff you do, and there's a couple other writers, Breitbart has really good business coverage now. Yeah, thanks a lot, Larry, and happy birthday, by the way. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, we, we, we have really tried to, you know, make sure that people understand what's happening in the economy, you know, whether and without any political spin. You know, mm. you're not going to we're not going to talk down the Biden economy if it's doing well. We're not going to happy talk you about your stocks. We're going to just give you, you know, the straight story uh, whenever we can. No, you're right. Um, It's very honest and straightforward, and it's really good, and so is your reporting. So, John, we were talking on the TV show yesterday. I want to go back to this issue of uh, sharp increase in mortgage rates, which I guess is being driven in part uh, by the increase in the Treasury rate. The 10-year rate has jumped up to four and a quarter. It's almost 100 basis points higher than it was a bunch of months ago. Now, this mortgage rate problem, uh, what's this going to do to housing? It looked like housing might have found a bottom, but maybe not. You tell me. So I think it does present a risk of a further downturn because – we had settled in around 6%, uh, you know, a little higher than that. Then we, we've jumped up to 7%, and we may be going even higher than that. There are two things going on here. One, that you know, the mortgage rate is very linked to the 10-year Treasury because they're relatively exchangeable assets from an investor point of view. You can buy mortgages. You can buy 10-year Treasuries. So those the, the, the rates tend to be very linked to each other. The 10-year Treasury is being driven up by two things. The yields on, uh, on these things are being driven up by the fact that, uh, one, people are saying, okay, look, the Fed may have to keep rates higher for longer. Mm-hmm. And the Fed's been saying that, but people are starting to realize it. The other thing is we have just a tremendous amount of debt. Normally, uh, you issue a lot of debt when you're in a recession. And, of mm. course, there that can be helpful because people want safe assets at that time, right? People want to buy treasuries because they're afraid of what will happen to the stock market. Right now, we have we have recession levels issuance of debt going on, mm. even though the economy is growing. So I think we've actually overwhelmed – something we haven't done for decades, basically, is overwhelmed demand for treasury – we're reintroducing what they used to refer to. I think it was Ed Yardini who actually came up with the the phrase bond vigilante. Yes, yes, it was Ed re- Yes, yeah, I think they are returning to the market, uh, and people are basically saying the, the the debt's out of control, and so that's what that's one of the things that's going on in the treasury market right now is while there's still enough demand. You know, we're not having failed auctions or anything like that, but. I do think that's one of the reasons we're seeing uh, the yields go up as much as they have, because, look, when you, you know, normally economies growing, debt starts to come down. Instead, mm. the Biden administration has decided to just, I guess, 
attempt to permanently launch us on a much higher debt path than uh, we've ever been on before. And these, um, actually, that's an interesting point. These uh, Biden spending programs are actually spending out much more than their original CBO estimates, which will make that's the right. problem they- you just described even worse and hence might reflect. what. But, John, come back. What happens to the housing sector? Uh, let's say you get to 8%, all right, on the mortgage, uh, 30-year mortgage. Um homeowners, I don't know, what are they going to do about it? People that want to move, what are they going to do about it? Um, I don't know, young people looking to buy a house, what are they going to do about it? I mean, it's kind of, it could stop things dead in their tracks. Absolutely. It becomes very, remember, almost all housing transactions actually involve at least three deals, right? Because somebody who's selling their house is almost always buying their house, Mm. buying a new house. Mm. That might be a move up or it might be a move down. Some people are moving into bigger houses. Some people are empty nesters and they think they don't need the house they have and they're moving to smaller ones. That becomes really hard to do when you're going from a 3% mortgage to an 8% mortgage. A lot of people actually find that they cannot afford to move. uh, And that creates problems in all sorts of ways. creates a a problem with employment because it means that somebody wants to hire somebody and maybe have them move to a new city, you know, to come work at a new job. Hmm. The employer then finds that they have to pay somebody a lot more because when that guy moves, he's facing a much bigger mortgage rate than he had at his old job. Hmm. So it's often better for him, even if he's going to get a raise by taking the new job, to stick in the old job. That creates a lot of economic friction that can actually hold back economic growth because people aren't moving to the jobs they're best suited in because they're locked into their homes. Mm. Of course, it's really devastating for people who want to buy their first home because, you know, one, the affordability problem of very high prices plus an 8% mortgage makes mm. it hard for anybody to, you know, move into their new home. Uh, you know, I often hear from people who say, well, you know, when I bought my house back in 1982, mm-hmm. you know, we had 10% mortgages, sure. But even compared to income, home prices were a lot cheaper then. Mm-hmm. Right now, compared yeah. to incomes, home prices are very expensive. And when you combine that with a, you know, with an eight, seven, eight percent mortgage, that makes it really unaffordable for a lot of people. And so that freezes the market. People can't afford to move. So that means people can't afford to buy. And people aren't selling. I mean, it's really bad if you're a real estate agent right now, but it actually also has bad implications for the broader economy. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. So if you're thinking about, if you need cash and you want to refinance, you're not <laughs> going to do it. You're not going to do it. I haven't looked at the uh, at the um, financing numbers, but I'll bet they're way down. Is that going to, are, are people going to go and sell stocks, John, to, to get cash? 
Yeah, I mean, look, the refi market is going to be dead for quite a while because mm-hmm. so many people have, you know, one, they've refied already. Um, and so the, even if they're, they've been building equity in their house, even just taking out something like a HELOC can be very expensive mm-hmm. uh, if, you know, they're trying to withdraw equity, raise cash. So, sure, one of the alternatives is to sell uh, their stocks. I, there was a, um, a fellow who was on Fox Business the other day being interviewed because he was selling his 25-year built collection of Rangers memorabilia. <laughs> people need to sell assets that aren't their house because they can't afford to buy a new house because the mortgage rate is so high. What, did he own the Stanley Cup from 1984? <laughs> <laughs> he, owned, he, owned, he owned, you know, it was 25 years he owned helmets signed. Actually, the coolest thing he owned was a helmet signed by all, this wasn't even a Rangers thing, but all of the 1980 U.S. Olympic team. Oh. Signed, uh, wow. You know, the, the great, like, yeah. you know, we defeating the Russians' yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. hockey team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, one other point, John, um, the whole China story is going downhill. Uh, the yuan currency is going downhill so much for replacing the dollar. But also, m- more generally, uh, China is not in recovery. Uh, you reported yesterday on the TV show about the youth unemployment being over 20 percent. Uh, that's going to those China recession winds will blow over here, I assume. That's right. Look, when China, we're going to see something that will be probably good for us in that China recession will hold down the price of oil, which mm-hmm. will help uh, keep gasoline cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, they they are probably actually holding down inflation in the U.S. right now, and that mm-hmm. if China was growing, inflation would probably be higher. So they are somewhat exporting deflation, which right now is not a terrible thing for us since we mm-hmm. had very high inflation. Mm-hmm. However, um, I think one of the things that we're learning is there were a lot of people who were very bullish on the China economy. They said, look, once they get rid of these lockdowns and COVID zero policies, you know, the China economy will come roaring back. It turns out, and we saw, you know, that when you do the, these repetitive lockdowns, you actually sort of psychologically and economically traumatize people so that the Chinese are now, the Chinese consumers aren't spending. They're engaged in very precautionary savings because they don't trust the government to allow the economy to function. So, you know, this idea that somehow China's economy was going to come roaring back, of course it's not. They don't have a free market economy. It can't come back in the same way our economy was able to bounce back under the leadership that we had, you know, right up until 2021. Uh, We were able to bounce back a lot because all we had to do was say, okay, look, we're going to let the free market take over again. That worked. In China, it doesn't work. The people are saving enormous amounts which just means they're not investing it, they're not spending it. That keeps unemployment high. Mm. And frankly, I'm worried about the geopolitical risk. When you have a 20% youth unemployment rate in a country as large as China, revolution. The government's going to yeah, revolution. <laughs> revolution or or also historically war. Right? When countries Square. can't figure out what to do with their young men, oh, they very often boy. have decided to send them off to war, and that's not—that you know, would not be a great result for anybody. Yeah. Right, 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 right.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Con Carney, Breitbart News Editor, co-author of the Breitbart Business Digest. Thank you, John. I'm going to see you at dinner tonight. Appreciate it very much. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. Other side of the break, the great Roger Stone is going to tell us, will Mr. Trump debate on Wednesday night? Doesn't look good right now. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Larry Kudlow.